moment of the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. This is Got Till Five Wrestling Podcast. I'm Jesse Benz, he's Max Curtin. You're listening to us. Hello. Hello. How, how are, are you? you all? Now I want I want to know how the listeners are. They can't answer because they're not listening right now. They'll listen when you publish it. And we're long gone by then. We're off living our lives. Um, what um how's how's things? We haven't been here for a while. Why did we miss last show, Max? So we missed the last show because I went on holiday for a friend's wedding and uh, I remembered when I was sitting on the beach and I went, Oh yeah, I was meant to be on a podcast right now. <laughs> I was sitting at my desk <laughs> with my headphones on. <laughs> Ready with your list. Yeah, exactly. Just Waiting with my little spectacles on, looking at um, the list. There's something missing here. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, everyone. That's completely on me. But uh, me and Jesse, we, we kind of needed a break, and now I'm I'm, I'm invigorated. I'm, I'm not testosterone. I'm yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're old now. Yeah, um, almost. That's um, what? Where? Well, Greece, right? That's where you were. I was in Greece. Yes. What's Greece like? Are they still poor? Uh, no, actually, I was kind of disappointed. They seem to be doing pretty well for themselves. I remember Greece, whenever I think of Greece, I think of the news and they're saying, oh, their euro went to shit and everything is bad and they're super poor. But you know, I haven't actually heard that for a while. No, they kind of bounced back. I think charging me stupid amount of euros for a taxi each time has recovered their economy. That's good. They're the Alan Partridge of countries. They have bounced back. Um, <laughs> that's uh, their football team. Where's blue? Blue is a nice colour. Um, was the wedding nice? The wedding was lovely. It's uh, one of the best weddings I've ever been to. And uh, you and me are actually meeting up this weekend to go to a dear friend of ours wedding. And it's not going to live up. Sorry, Aaron. Sorry, Aaron. Well, his wedding is in Kent, which um, sounds like a naughty word. So that is all we need to know. Exactly. About and the weird thing about Aaron is, um, well, <laughs> many things, but we've not met his future bride because he's been in Dubai for the past couple of years and he's just bringing back a stranger. Yeah, no, no idea what she's like. She's very pretty, judging by Facebook. And, oh, I haven't found that out yet. Oh, yeah, no, she's pretty. And I'm sure she'll look lovely in a wedding dress. So that's half the battle won. I don't care if you're a horrible person, if you are attractive to my eyes. When she walks down the aisle, I'll just go, Whoa, really yeah, loudly. Yeah, do it. Yeah, give her a well-placed um, smack on the behind <laughs> as she walks past. <laughs> I'm Aaron's friend, nice to meet See you on That'll the dance floor. So, that's, um, that's about not a way to talk ago. about a future friend's wife. That's, that's sorry, no, Aaron. it's not. We don't know. Yeah, well, we'll see how long it lasts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like when we last did this show about eight years ago, it was um, uh, Chris Jericho top five Chris Jericho matches, and we said we would do part two because there's so many good Chris Jericho matches. So that's what we're doing, isn't it, Max? Eh? It is. And in all honesty, I could do a part three. Let's just keep this train rolling. <laughs> Because there's, there's so many good matches, and even this was kind of a struggle. So in the last episode, we did a little quiz about Canadian wrestlers. Jesse won, so he got to pick three matches. I picked two. Uh, we're doing another short form episode this week, so I get the three this time, and Jesse gets the two. He says if fair. I take any of his two, he is done with our friendship. Yeah, don't take them because I ain't got backups, mate. So um, that's the end of it. I'm just going to ignore you at the wedding on Sunday the whole time. We can share a bed at the hotel, but I won't be speaking to you. <laughs> I was going to say, we're, we're, go, we're going together. We've got a hotel. It's all right. We'll top and tail. It's the only way I know how. <laughs> so last time we did this was AEW just kind of had their first uh, show. And then this Saturday is another AEW show. So we've kind of, you know, timed us is perfectly it? to jump on the social media bandwagon. 
What's this Saturday? I'm, I'm so out of the loop, right? I've been so busy, I haven't even been able to look at the internet, really. Fight fest, fight something, fight someone. Okay, um, you're invested as well, I can see. Yeah. It's a really good card, in it, but it's like not a main show they're doing. It's like a charity event, but they're giving the show away for free, so who gives a damn? Nice. But that's, is, it, is charity events in wrestling the same as it is in music, where like you agree to do it, and you'll play it, but you just sort of treat it as a sort of rehearsal where other people happen to be there. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Um, is it, I presume that's what you do. That's what I do, and then I just take the little dog full of money or whatever the charity thing has been as my compensation at the end of the night. I think you made a stealing charity joke in the last episode. <laughs> Did I? Everything's come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it! I'm excited. I'm very, I'm very excited. So, do, do you want to do a top five? Do, do you remember how to do it? I vaguely remember. Um, it starts with um, five, four, three, two, one. Are you ready? Oh hell yeah! You fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Tell me you didn't just say that. So, uh, so, so, <laughs> what was that? What a weird comeback! Um, <laughs> my brain is mounted, Jesse Benz. I so when I got my new job, I thought that it was gonna be great. I get to do like podcasts for a living, and like every day I spend arranging and doing podcasts. I was living the dream, Jesse. Yeah, it's a living fucking nightmare. This is all well, I do. Like- that's Talking like, to so, Monkey Banana, that's all I do. That's, well, that's like um, sort of porn stars and that, isn't it? Like, sort of, why'd you get into porn? Oh, I love sex. This, You don't look like you love sex at the end of this 80-minute video when you've been gangbanged by 200 men and you're more full than... You're like a spunky balloon floating away, crying. <laughs> you got that evil makeup running down. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That says so much about my personality. Every time I see evil, there's something ingrained in me from my teenage years that gives me an erection. <laughs> Jesse loves LIJ. He really does. Oh, let's start the show with a gangbang. Oh, God, we've lost everyone. Oh, they've never they, lost. They haven't my, come back since the last time. My family listened to this. <laughs> my children. <laughs> Oh, okay, so um, you get the three of them and I get two, so you're number five, you start. Matt, go. Number five. So last time we kind of focused on kind of a lot of Jericho's later career, so I wanted to go back and just prove how good of a son of a bitch he was back in the day. So this is from 1995. Blimey. Lionheart, is that? That's the Lionheart. I'm glad you said that. I was nice. mid-burp and I was worried. So <laughs> Lionheart versus Wild Pegasus at uh, War Super Jacob. Oh, good choice. Um, While Pegasus, also known as... Also known as Chris Benoit, also known as Redacted. Um, While Pegasus, he became after... um, He was unmasked as the Pegasus kid. Um, He stepped up and became Wild Pegasus. He had a very impressive mullet back in these days, I believe. He did, which, um, when you watch the match, makes him look so old. Like he's in his 50s. That's interesting. Yeah, I good. think actually peak. Ben, I know, sorry, this is Jericho, but you know I'm like with Benoit. Um, peak oh. um, Benoit body was Wild Pegasus, in my opinion. I just think he was sort of he was ripped, 
and probably taking steroids, but he didn't have, he wouldn't have had access to them as freely as he did in his latter years, so he didn't like overdo it. I think he looked good and healthy at this point. Well, the thing that always baffles me about Chris Benoit is um, he's never had an ounce of body fat on him in like no. 25 years, and also his cardio game is ridiculous. You watch this match and uh, Jericho's sucking wind halfway through, and Benoit just looks like I do when I have to get up in the morning. He's just lightly breathing. Mm. that's the thing about steroids so I had this argument with my mum the other day about steroids as I was injecting into my bottom um, <laughs> and um, I, she said um, she was like oh well steroids are like just sort of cheat and as if like all you have to do is take steroids and then you suddenly get mussy mus- mussy suddenly, <laughs> get, suddenly get muscles and uh, that's not how it, you've still got to like exercise as hard as anyone else you just end up with bigger muscles obviously and but it's not like people who take steroids are lazy. Do you know what I mean? That seems to be like this weird misconception with it. I think there's a lot of effort to go. You gotta buy them, you gotta inject them, you gotta do all sorts. And yeah, you gotta be yeah. aware of the death I, I, I think that's the misconception of you You inject it and then you're like a little balloon and you and you, you turn into Kirby. You do. You do. If you, um, oh God, if Kirby sucked in Chris Benoit, what terrible, terrible power would he <laughs> 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 throwing bibles at people <laughs> locking dogs in pool I don't know. oh god We've been um, there. but anyway tell, this, me, tell me about this match this match is fantastic um, so 1995 typical Japan where it's you know you can hear a pin drop and light clapping they get into it eventually and this is very much because Jericho is about five years into his career at this point and it's really funny seeing these two in like handmade looking tights and crappy hair like Chris Benoit is wearing what looks like a Captain America um trousery panty thingy and it just looks ridiculous but it's they're so good at even just five years like five years is a long time in wrestling but they're just you, you could put that match in their later career and it would still be exactly the same and the suplex that suplexes that they're doing and just the back and forth is just unreal and Jericho is very much in the I don't think he was fully understanding Japanese crowds at this point because he's just yelling at them throughout the whole match. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Come on! Oh, babyface yelling. I was going to say, that hasn't really changed, but he, um, but he's obviously, he abuses them now as opposed to doing all that. Yeah, but it was like proper Fozzie-esque, like, Come on, let me hear you! And then he even did the, <laughs> the typical Jericho where he put his foot on and did the flex and just yelled, Pegasus! <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And yeah, they were suicide diving and just... In terms of like a technical wrestling match, it's like one of the best matches to watch for like putting together a great kind of straight wrestling match. Um, And I I don't know if this story is true, but I've heard it on the internet, so I'm going to regurgitate it like it's fact. That's Um, what we all do. So at the end of the match, it's kind of like a top rope. Benoit's on the top rope. Uh, Jericho goes up for like a suplex and Benoit cuts him off and then like grabs him by the midsection, spins him around and does like a body slam from the top rope. It's not as smooth as obviously Benoit would like because Jericho has to like grab the rope and pull himself back up. And then that's the finish of the match. And Benoit is livid about this. That there was like, it, it wasn't even that noticeable. It was just like a tiny little slip up and he's just like, banging the mat like ah that he's angry that he lost and then I read the story that apparently after the match he went backstage 
and did like 500 Hindu squats to punish himself. It is but, true. I read it in um, Jericho's book, this story. It is true. There you go. So he did like 500 Hindu squats to punish himself and then Jericho went backstage and joined him for some reason. Um, <laughs> and could, could only manage 300 uh, before he was like completely dead and gassed and on the floor. And then the next morning, his legs were so dead he had to drag himself to the toilet to shower like on his hands <laughs> across the belly on the floor. <laughs> That's like me when I played football. And um, do you, I told you this story. I must have no. told you this story. This is back when we um, worked in Real Burger together. And um, I'd been playing football all day, which is not something I do often. And um, because of that, my ankles were completely um, like seized up. Like the front of my ankles were seized up, if you know what I mean. Um, like the front bit that connects your foot. Do you know what I'm saying? I know that bit, yeah. yeah I, don't know what it, I don't know what it's called. What's it called? Front ankle? front ankle I'm going with that your frankle the frankles were um, completely stiff and I was smoking a cigarette walking down Cheltenham High Street to go to Real Burger to work and um, a really pretty girl asked me for a light and I was like brilliant so um, gave her a light we had a bit of a chat it was all nice and flirty and then I um, took the light back and I went okay well I've got to go to work now and I turned around to leave but my feet didn't come with me and I just face planted straight on the floor in front of her and uh, not only that like not only did I face on the floor which is embarrassing I couldn't get up I had to like drag myself over to a letterbox and drag myself up on the letterbox <laughs> and, and, I, and I looked back at her and she was so you know when someone's so embarrassed that they can't even acknowledge that something has happened do you know what I mean like like she wasn't laughing or anything she just wasn't even looking at me she was so damn embarrassed I just didn't exist anymore at that point you pulling yourself up on this I'll, I'll call you later uh, it's nice to meet you it's like I've got a combination of like Jim Carrey and uh, Johnny Bravo in my head it's such a like Cartoon Network-esque face plant I'm picturing and then Jim Carrey crawl up the letterbox it was just like that just dragging my feet it was horrible I played I played football again the other, a few weeks ago um, for the first time in Asia. So the same thing happened. My, there's something about my ankles that just completely seize up whenever I kick stuff. It's really not normal. It's all those it's lambs not, you've been it? kicking. Yeah, probably. Yeah, kicking lambs to death is the only way I stay happy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, this uh, 95 match, if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. Uh, just search Lionheart versus Wild Pegasus, Jacob 95. It's uh, one of... One of um, both of their best matches it's a solid solid wrestling match it's a good choice and you don't often think of Jericho in Japan he was obviously there in his early days but um, he wrestled mostly um, for a Japanese wrestling promotion called um, War which stood for Wrestle and Romance which I think is brilliant and um, it was like he never really um, rubbed with New Japan all that much so it's quite a which probably explains his sort of shouting at the Japanese fans didn't quite get the crack but um, but yeah, it's it's one of those sort of overlooked things. When you think of these sort of people in Japan, you do you think of Benoit and Guerrero and things. But well, Jericho isn't always a name that pops into your head. Straight. Yeah, well, it's that whole era of, of of those three in Japan that just I feel like gets overlooked for for how good their matches were. Because you got to remember, at this point, ninety five was when Jericho was starting to like delve into ECW and then it would be WCW a year later. So it was really kind of the start of his major like explosion onto the scene, really. Yeah, totes. My goats. With the thrill seekers with Lance Storm. That was brilliant. Um, cool. Um, my number four. Can I go, please? Sure, if you want. Thanks. Um, my number four is um, from WrestleMania. Oh, I'm second guessing myself now. WrestleMania 28, Eight. I think. Um, CM Punk versus Chris Jericho um, for the WWE title. 
Um, now, this match, I think it, this is a brilliant match between two really solid storytellers and really good wrestlers. Um, the things... Uh, I sort of wanted to put this match in, mainly because if on rewatching it, it, it feels like the crowd are fucking dead for it. Yeah. And it's like, what is the matter with you lot? Like, it's... It's not on too late in the show, so the well, crowd still should is. have some it's... energy. It's CM Punk versus Chris Jericho. Yeah, but it was like near the end of the card, uh, and you just had Team Johnny versus Team Teddy, which okay. was a 12-man tag match, which was an abomination. You had Undertaker, Triple H before that. I, I can see why they're a little bit gassed out at this point. Yeah, yeah, okay, maybe. Uh, but, like, fuck it. Oh, it's incredible. Headline yeah. by the Rock and John Cena. Like, when you hear about how pissed off, like, the infamous Colt Cabana podcast and all that, uh, when you hear about how annoyed um, Punk was that he never headline Mania, and you look at matches like this, and you look at his last Mania against The Undertaker and stuff, and you're like, yeah, you you sound like a bitch, but you've got, like, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you put oh, yeah. on these really good Mania matches. You definitely deserve to headline them. Um, but I just think it's a really solid match. Um, I really enjoyed the build-up to this match as well, with all the straight edge stuff and Jericho, mm-hmm. um, Jericho doing all the um, straight edge and called him a bastard because his parents were unmarried when CM Punk was born. I enjoyed that, and uh, there was supposed to be an angle that Chris Jericho talked about on his podcast where um, Jericho would um, knock CM Punk out and tattoo him, tattoo his initials on CM Punk in the middle of the ring. And CM Punk was down with it. They found like a little space at the back of his arm or something where they could have done it. And um, yeah, everyone was happy to go. And then Vince found out from someone or somewhere that when you tattoo people, sometimes a bit of blood comes out. So he immediately was like, no, no, we won't do that. Changed my mind. But how cool would that have been? And how much more memorable would this be if to this day, CM Punk had a CJ tattooed on the back of his arm because of this feud? Oh, it would have been, yeah, incredible. Because I always remember him... um bottling him with the the beer and then just oh, pouring yeah. him the beer over him and stuff but that would have been very cool yeah it was but, great yeah no this was in my list this was one i was going to mention as well um because jericho had been gone for i think like a year at this point as he does and that was like his hype videos of the end of the world as we know it um the world exactly didn't come out to worry i'm very disappointed and yeah he was just like a super this is i think when we talked last week this was your favorite version of chris jericho like suits jericho. Suit jericho talking down to everyone i'm the best in the world and this is where it all stemmed from because punk was calling himself the best in the world and jericho was like yeah you're full of shit <laughs> yeah and there's a really lovely moment at the end of this where um you see just for a second before the camera moves away after Jericho taps out at the end they're both lying on the mat and you see Jericho just like stroke and scratch the top of CM Punk's yes. head in a sort of well done kid sort of way which I think is really lovely it obviously like negates the whole like brutal storyline that led up to this uh, led up to this <laughs> match but I think it's a really lovely real little moment I thought it was quite sweet no I agree it's uh, I-, I love this match and I think it's fantastic and as you say it's such a disappointment that the crowd kind of kill it a little bit and yeah Punk never got his kind of moment and you know this was for the WE title and it was just before the main event you just almost there but never made it and yeah I think that's one of the major travesties is that Punk never got his moment and I'm still don't understand why they didn't make a year later uh, Rock Cena 2 a triple threat match well that was what Punk wanted wasn't it yeah it just makes sense you know like The Rock beating 
uh, Punk at Mania, uh, sorry, beating him at the Royal Rumble for the title was just such a ugh moment. And yeah. then you know, knew those two were going to face each other and Cena was going to win off him and then Rock was going to... It was just so predictable and dull. But if you had Punk in there still with the title, yeah, have Cena pin him, whatever, but uh, it, it would have been so much better. And, and the promos between the three of them would have made for one hell of a WrestleMania moment. Yeah, I agree. I also think it's cool that during that year, CM Punk turned heel as the champion. And you don't um, see that happen much, do you? People turn in the middle of a long title reign. No, no. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah, his entitlement era, which makes sense. Like, if you've had the title for that long, you would start to get a bit arrogant and your characteristics would change, so... Yeah, I could dig it. Yeah, it's like I struggle with Punk quite a bit because like he's such a self-entitled prick as a human being, but he's so good at what he does. I know he's sort of he simultaneously um, wants to have respect and um, have sort of worked for everything, but he also just likes nothing more than just sitting on his couch playing video games. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. got that sort of weird, uh, which I can completely empathise with. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I've, I think I've said it on this show before. I was, I always found it difficult because I've always, I always love CM Punk, and then when he says how much he hates wrestling and stuff, and literally the only reason I like him is wrestling. So I find it difficult to then like him, knowing he hates what I love him for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's an oddball. Is our punk. he certainly is? But him and Jericho had a tremendous match at WrestleMania 28. They did. I I cannot argue with that, my friend. Now I'm a little bit nervous. Because I got uh, two picks left, and I can almost guarantee that one of them is going to be <laughs> one of your two that you've selected. It may be. Well, that's okay. Cause <clears throat> there's there's one that should be number one, and you've got the number one slot. So unless you like spaff early, which wouldn't be out of character for you, um, uh, I'm not going to use it as my number two hoping that you use it as your number one because number one there's one that should be okay okay i i know which one you want to be number one so i will now move it to number one even though i don't technically agree so at number three let's see if you're right y2j versus uh, i'm under chris benoit bandwagon this evening versus chris benoit Royal Rumble, Royal 2001. Rumble 2001. <laughs> <laughs> Such a prick. Ladder match. Yep. Yep. What a match. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, go on, talk about it. No, I love this match. And when we did our um, many moons ago top five matches in the Royal Rumble pay per view, which was a nightmare to name, I think this was like my number two or number one. It, yeah, I believe so. It was uh, very high up there. Yeah, because it's one of the best ladder matches there is, in my opinion. Because uh, Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, sorry, why are they both named Chris? I'm going. This, is, going what, this is what Jr. does. Yes, this is what Jr. does all the time. Shane, Sean, 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 <laughs> Shane, Kane. Uh, Chris Benoit, he defended the title against Chris Jericho, and this kind of stemmed from the feud uh, WrestleMania 2000 when it was Benoit and Jericho challenging Kurt Angle. Uh, with the Intercontinental and European Championship on the line, and that was a two-full triple threat match. That's a mouthful. Yes. Yeah. I was worried I got wrong then. Um, and yeah, both men pin each other in one fall, and they got a championship each from Angle. So really, Angle... Yeah, fucked up on that one. 
Mm. Um, and then they kind of had like a little mini series and Benoit held like three victories over Jericho um, two out of three falls matches and then one on Smackdown as well in a standard match um, which I think had the involvement of Perry Saturn and Malenko uh, came in and attacked Jericho which helped him to win but not get the title so they eventually decided to do the ladder match uh, and Jericho chose a ladder match for this title bout and it was incredible the the stuff they were doing with the ladder and the most famous image is of course the walls of Jericho on the top of the ladder which I still think is one of the coolest uses of a ladder in wrestling history Yes, and it was um, it was actually Jericho's idea. It seemed like the sort of thing that um, Benoit would come up with, but um, Jericho actually came up with it. And um, I thought that was uh, I thought that was cool that it was uh, his choice. Yeah. Well, one thing you can kind of take away from this podcast or, or these two episodes is just Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit, the chemistry that they had, or just Jericho with all of that group. You know, I I feel like I want to be mentioning his matches with Dean Malenko as well. In WCW, his matches with Eddie Guerrero, they're all so good. And yeah. this is what I mean about we could do a part three on this, because I'd love to talk about his Eddie and Malenko matches and stuff. Um, most notably, do you remember when Malenko, they did that, like, cruiserweight uh, over-the-top rope tournament, and Malenko wasn't allowed to be involved, and he came out in, like, a mask and stuff, and ended up winning it and revealed himself, and the crowd went fucking mental, and then those two had an absolute barn burner of a match yes yeah it was brilliant um, and the only time you, we know how much I love jo- uh, I love uh, Malenko sorry um, the only time he's really shown true personality yeah in a feud as well which was um, which was really cool yeah and I think Jericho just kind of brings that out in him I think Jericho brings out the best in all of his opponents but none more so than, than Chris Benoit I could I could watch these two just go at it and at it again and again and this little mini series and feud they had is probably the best example of this so you can watch from Wrestlemania 2000 um, and this whole series through the backlash and beyond of just how good their matches were yes yeah fantastic good input good thanks what more do you want from me <laughs> I, I agree <laughs> Right, okay, um, so you've taken one of mine, um, so I'm going to um, pull another one out of the bag. And again, um, as we talked about on um, the last show, 8,000 years ago, um, it's not always the matches that are technically the best. Sometimes it's the ones that caught you at the time of your wrestling fandom or um, just sort of resonated with you in a certain way. I I I was going to say, uh, on on the last episode, your number five, you mentioned uh, Lance Storm versus Chris Jericho, ECW One Night Stand 2005. I I remembered it, but like, I I couldn't remember it vividly, so I went back and watched it. Fucking good match. Great, isn't it? Really solid opener for that show. Like, this, and it being the first ECW One Night Stand show and sort of the atmosphere is great and they just did exactly what they needed to do to get that show off to an amazing start yeah got everyone pumped with the jacket and oh, I loved it yeah brilliant thank you um, so that's kind of what this is um, in a way this is from SummerSlam 2005 it's Chris Jericho versus John Cena for the WWE title Good in choice. what would be um, I think is it Chris Jericho's last match he might have had a match on the Raw the night after um, but Certainly, this was his last pay-per-view for um, over two years until he came back in 2007 with the whole Save Us Y2J stuff. Yes. 
um, this was his sort of goodbye um, for the time being because in reality he was burnt out he didn't think he was in the right place on the card wasn't enjoying himself so he left and I think watching it back now you can tell that he um, well obviously he knew he was going to leave but he wants to put on this great match knowing that it could be a very long time until he's back in the wrestling ring and John Cena at this time as well it was just like it was really starting the um, let's go Cena Cena sucks and all that the crowd starting to turn on him a bit Yeah. and um, obviously we're all used to it now and used to it with Roman and stuff but back then it was like oh my god like WE were like what the fuck we've put everything behind John Cena and um, the crowd are booing him but it made for an amazing atmosphere and just I think they put on a great match together and Jericho made uh, let's be honest a pretty green Cena in 2005 um, look really good um, as he did in Cena's first ever pay-per-view match, actually, um, if you've seen that. I think in No Mercy 2002? Um, not two. Not two. One. No, it can't no. be. Um, not a No Mercy, then. Um, Vengeance, maybe, 2002. I can't remember. Um, but, yeah, Cena's first ever pay-per-view match where he um, rolled up Chris Jericho. Um, but, anyway, this match... Um, I just thought it was great, really well, um, really well put together. Made Cena look great. Cena obviously went on to incredible things, and um, I like that Jericho put over someone like that on his way out at the time. It's true, and I think like he was frustrated in the card, and then obviously you've got this like young kid who you meant to kind of put over. A lot of people would just be like, "I'm just going to phone this in," and then grab my bags and head out the door. But as you say, Jericho was like, "Nah, fuck it, I'm going to make this good." Yeah, exactly. And I think he did a great job. And um, when he was um, sort of unceremoniously booted off Raw the next night as well, I thought he just, uh, as he always does, you know, he uh, made the best of it that he possibly could. Yeah, completely. And it's one one thing I have to say is I, I haven't watched a product in quite a while. Now, the longest I haven't watched WE, I'd say, since I first started watching it, mm. I, I don't know what's going on at all. I just keep hearing... Why is Shane McMahon on my TV? So <laughs> I like, watch Fire, I watch Firefly Funhouse every week, and that's literally it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once Bray comes back, maybe I'll, I'll dip my toe back in. But yeah, I yeah. haven't been watching it. But God, do I miss John Cena? Yeah, right. Who thought we'd say that? Fucking Who hell, I've really missed a guy. And like when he comes back for little appearances, I get so excited, and I'm like, "That's my childhood. He's back." And like, it's weird. I saw a really interesting... Um, did you see um, the tweet that someone sent Dave Meltzer that sort of... Uh, Meltzer agreed with it, and that's what made it sort of blow up a little bit around the internet. Um, someone basically asked Dave Meltzer, they said, um, is the current reflection of, you know, the terrible writing of WE and um, the fact that their ratings are being lowered, is this kind of indirectly John Cena's fault? Because the writing's always been terrible, but they no longer have someone with the charisma of John Cena to make it good. It's and true. that's an interesting way of looking at it, isn't it? So sort of all these years, like we say that they've got shit recently, but maybe they haven't. Maybe they've always been terrible. They just don't have the performers to pull it off anymore. Like John Cena, who is so stupidly charismatic. Yeah, you always had at least a couple of charismatic guys that could kind of carry the show, like Punk and Cena were unreal. And then obviously Ambrose. Ambrose, what did I say? You said no. You said Punk and Cena, but I was just adding Ambrose in there as well as an yeah. example of a more recent one that would would turn um, chicken shit into slightly better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's because uh, Seth Rollins is obviously very talented, but I've always uh, and someone hit the nail on the head with what I find wrong with uh, Seth Rollins matches is I always feel like he's just going through the motions to hit his big 
middle bits, which is obviously like the crux of a wrestling match. You're getting to your main points to hit your moves. But Rollins, I don't know, it just feels so obvious. Yeah, no, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I I thought he was great as a heel um, years ago, like Mania 31 era when he um, cashed in and um, got the title from Brock and Roman Reigns and like Authority Seth and stuff. I thought that was brilliant. But there's something... But that's because there's something kind of... Um, there's something kind of unlikable about him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's so true. that's why it's it really kind works. Of snivelly and yeah, yeah, it just kind of works. It's yeah, so it worked perfectly then. But he'd be in the sort of heroic face of Raw or whatever now. Just doesn't quite work because yeah, you're right. I can still see that snivelling authority dude behind it. Yeah, it's just like obviously Kofi's very charismatic, but it's not the same kind of level. It's just happy go lucky. Becky Lynch is just Becky Lynch. You know, she's very charismatic, and very good but it's just she never really grabs me in oh here comes the hate mail uh, <laughs> what sorry um but yeah it's just very weird and i find it very interesting at the moment like when because i still go on like squared circle and all, all that stuff just to keep abreast of what's going on mm. and when i see pictures of like the arenas with half of it topped off on the hard cam stuff it just feels weird like i've never known we to be yes there's been criticism of the product but it's never been to this level of just like people just not showing up anymore yeah it's i mean yeah case in point us you know like even us we're doing this show still we love doing this show and we love wrestling but we're not we have no idea what's going on and we're not watching it nope that's why we talk about the past i just i just re-watch wrestling romance every day And then everyone's listening like, yeah, we know you talk about the same fucking five matches every time. I know. I feel like I kind of... I was thinking about how I opened this show. And I want to apologise to the listeners because um, (laughs) I've been reflecting the last 45 minutes. And, um, like, so I like to listen to podcasts when I go to bed a lot, right? And... (laughs) I know where you go. Go on. And uh, it really annoys me when I'm listening to a podcast in bed. Because I can't sleep to silence. I have to sleep to music. I blame it on my mother, who would constantly put audiobooks on so that she didn't have to read to me. Um, She'd put audiobooks (laughs) on when I was a kid, when I was in bed. So I'd have cassette tapes of books playing all the time. So now I think it's damaged me as an adult and I can't sleep without words going on. You've always done that. I remember staying at your house when we were young boys and... When we were like 13, 14, and you just put Marilyn Manson on as we went to sleep. <laughs> and then. Rebel, bitch, bitch, rebel, sweet dreams, big sex, sex, and don't forget the And then I just look over, Jesse sucking his thumb, storing away, and I'm terrified in the dark. <laughs> fight, 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 morning! And I go to um, turn it off, and you wake up, put it back on. I can body of death, we are free. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, and, it, and now I listen to podcasts all the time. But it really annoys me when I'm sort of going to sleep and I'm listening to something really interesting and some dick on the podcast will suddenly scream out something and shout. And I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up, man. And I'm like, oh, it's really annoying because, like, I'm really enjoying this podcast. But there's that one Jeb that keeps shouting and then I'm just sort of listening to myself and I'm going, that's exactly what is all I do. That's all I ever do on this show. So I'm really sorry if people try and listen to this when they're sleeping. Or the same thing as well. I listen to podcasts. <laughs> listen to podcasts on the bus in the morning as well and it's the same deal then because i'm tired and like i feel a bit sick because it's the morning and i've just brushed my teeth and like i feel all tender and suddenly some 
shouts in my ear and I'm like, for fuck's sake, I'm just trying to get to work. So I'm really sorry, everyone who's listening to me. I am who I hate. I've become what I hate. 57, this is the funniest run I've ever 57 <laughs> episodes in and you're a come to Jesus moment in the middle of the podcast. I've just suddenly realised how shit I've been for so long. I'm sorry, everyone. If you're like that <sighs> like abusive stepdad who the kids come back and see and they just break down. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, it's exactly that. Oh, oh my jaw hurts. That... Like... <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, anyway, where were you? I don't even know. <laughs> I think we're at number one. How quick have we been talking this evening? That we're only at 36 minutes. We are at number one, and I feel a bit bad because we're supposed to be celebrating Chris Jericho's career, and all we, we've talked about is how much we love John Cena, how much we love CM Punk, um, how much we hate WE now, and what a cunt I am. <laughs> that's all that's been talked about. It's all I'm going to put in the show notes. That's all, that's all I'm going to list off on this. We haven't said anything about how great Jericho is. Well, he, he didn't retweet or like the last one, so fuck him. Yeah, Bell End. Wait, he doesn't want competition with his little podcast, does he? His little podcast? His little show. His state. <laughs> We'll steal a steak sponsors and that'll stick it to him. Has he got steak sponsors now? I thought, has he dropped DDP? Yeah, did, did you remember in the did he, Dean Ambrose interview where he's just trying, like, Dean Ambrose is pouring his heart out on how he was, like, borderline depressed and just, his life was miserable. I was like, I agree, Dean. And uh, what cheers me up is a good steak from Omaha States. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good times. He's a, he's a national Canadian treasure, that boy. He is. He's, okay. um, I can't wait to see like how the rest of Jericho's life goes. He has to it has to end in a blaze of glory. He's not a yeah. guy that can kind of like fizzle out and just show up at a Hall of Fame ceremony with his shitty knees. <laughs> he's got to burn like if he's not face down in a pool with vodka and drugs and whatever else, he's he's really not living up to his own reputation. So he's either going to do that or he's just going to end up being like the Canadian Bruce Forsyth <laughs> where everyone like lets him sort of come out and do his bit and um, but everyone loves him and sort of plays along and he still thinks that he's the hottest shit going. Do you think he'll be like the new Ric Flair? Yes, definitely. Um, he, he won't know when to retire. He won't want to retire. He won't know life without... Not wrestling particularly because he like has his fingers in a lot of pies. He's good at lots of stuff but he'll have to keep either doing wrestling or keep doing fuzzy or something way past when he should and will just drink himself and basically um, become a Canadian gherkin <laughs> Canadian Pickled. gherkin I love yeah, it. <laughs> yeah I, I think I prefer that option than the face down in a pool but you know that's what we do on this podcast we take bets advantages. <laughs> yeah, we take bets we see what happens so number one, and uh, this this might be a topic of debate between us because I think we've had it before, but uh, it, it is a good match. There's no denying it, and it's an important match in his career. Um, number two or number three, you spaffed it away last episode was Y2J versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 19. Yes, it was. I didn't spaff it away. I remember you being annoyed, actually. Yeah, you said that it should have been higher up, didn't you? But nope. um, I thought, yeah, it's, it is a great match, the WrestleMania 19 match. But One of my I favourites. Putting it in the middle there is just perfect. I disagree. But anyway, so I believe we can both agree we can move on to another Y2J versus Shawn Michaels match at No Mercy 2008 for the World Heavyweight Championship. 
Yes, it's a fantastic match, and it's my favourite Jericho again. It's the suit wearing Jericho, and the backstory of this is fucking incredible. Tell it us is. about it, Max. It is. Um, no, you tell us about it, Jesse. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, uh, it all stems from Shawn Michaels cheating, and Shawn Michaels being completely like just being a dirty cheat, despite being a face, and Jericho being completely justified in why he turned on Shawn Michaels. So during a match between Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho, um, Shawn Michaels um, feigns a knee injury, I believe, and um, Chris Jericho hesitates. The ref says, oh, don't touch him, his knee's hurt. And um, turns out Shawn Michaels was faking it and he rolls Jericho up for the win. That's cheating. That's being a dirty cheat. And Jericho took it on the chin at first and then turns heel by saying why do you all cheer Shawn Michaels he's a cheese a little fuck face look what he just did and everyone continues to love Shawn Michaels even though Jericho from a sportsman point of view is completely in the right there's yeah. no other sport where you can get away with that if you cheated knowingly in any sport people hate you but and just so Jericho's point was completely valid and then he punched his wife <laughs> <laughs> it's going to slip that one under the radar, right? So during the build-up to this as well, they brought out Shawn Michaels' actual wife to do a bit of an angle. And the idea was that um, Jericho goes to punch Shawn, Shawn ducks, and um, he ends up hitting uh, Shawn's wife. But Jericho was a bit too punch-happy and kind of socked her for real. Uh, really fucking hard really hard really hard she went down like a sack of shit son <laughs> and, and um, apparently uh, I saw uh, this was Jericho's podcast actually when he interviewed Shawn Michaels um, Shawn was like as he would be right your wife's just been punched in the face he was absolutely raging backstage afterwards to the point where like obviously Jericho felt terrible anyone would but it was an honest accident you could see that as well and um, but Jericho literally had to hide from Shawn Michaels backstage because Shawn was so angry that there was no sort of like you had to leave it before you apologised to him or whatever you just couldn't do it he would have punched him like Bret Hart punched Vince after the Montreal Screwjob and so I just find the idea of that really funny of like Jericho running backstage and like feeling terrible but having to like hide in a closet Undertaker was like where's the hiding spot (laughs) exactly (laughs) Taker's like just turn the lights out bro (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah so that happened which obviously is bad and Sean's wife was okay apart from like you know being punched in the face so that's good and um, but it all added to sort of all this back story added to this great match and Shawn Michaels as we know can um, turn a good match into a matter of life or death match with the way he chooses to perform oh yes and um, that combined with the best heel character in living memory in what Jericho was doing at this time um, just made for just world class storytelling and it obviously helps two world class athletes as well Yes, like uh, we mentioned earlier, the chemistry between Jericho and Benoit, but Sean and Jericho. And, and the thing that's great about this is, obviously, we all know how much Jericho idolized uh, Michael. So I think it, it's so rare to be able to work with someone you idolize growing up, but not only work with them, but to have incredible chemistry and be remembered as one of their best opponents must be like on being on cloud nine. 
Oh man, imagine t- telling a 1993 Chris Jericho or whatever that um, in your career you're going to have all these matches with Shawn Michaels and like at least two of them are going to be considered like greatest of all time style sort of matches. Like that would have been must would have been amazing, wouldn't it? Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, interestingly, going back to your your point number four is that uh, Jericho replaced CM Punk in a championship scramble match for the World Heavyweight Championship because uh, oh, yeah. Punk was attacked by Randy Orton in Storyline and Compete so uh, Jericho was the replacement and ended up winning the World Heavyweight title he did that was yeah and I remember what was the finish to that because it was a real sort of Jericho oh, lucked out yeah, sort of finish yeah, it was... wasn't it and just, but the way they did it was actually really good I remember I remember really enjoying how Jericho won that match and it kept it kept the storylines really alive because it was like, oh, Jericho's champion now, but he is beat. Based on how that match ended, he is beatable as fuck, which obviously keeps you interested. Yeah, two thousand eight was a weird year in WWE. It was uh, they were the experimenting Benoit, the with Benoit a lot recovery of stuff. year. Yeah, they were experimenting with a lot of stuff and trying different things, and you know there was a lot of hit and misses. But in between, on each pay per view, there's some solid matches in there. Oh god, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, great match. I mean, the wrestlers can still will always deliver great matches if they're good wrestlers it's just it's difficult for me it's difficult to enjoy a match when there isn't a strong story or strong storytelling built around the match I just I I can't you know you can be as athletic as you want but if there's no reason to doing it I find it difficult to care yeah completely completely and yeah this this ladder match is great Sean just proving that he doesn't miss a beat when it comes to any match he's thrown into even like something as demanding as a ladder match he he just pulled out of the bag and was it this match where they did the tug of war with the like a good tug of war though with the title on the top of the ladder yeah 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 I think so yeah like when they both had a strap each and they were just kind of like going tugging tugging each other off loved it <laughs> um yeah that's uh, that's a dream i've had um it's um, yeah also in the build-up to this match um, at one point during um jericho's highlight reel he um grabs Shawn michaels and throws him face first into a flat screen tv that sort of has the talk is not talking jericho um uh, the highlight reel sort of graphics on it and stuff and even though it wasn't the case it was widely circulated like by them that it was that action that dislodged um, Shawn Michaels' retina in one of his eyes which is why he's got lazy eyes now yeah. um, and it's, it's not the case it was actually um, years, many years prior it was Unforgiven 2003 Shawn Michaels versus Kane um, Shawn says that he just sort of took a hit a bit wrong felt some it go weird in his eye and that's why his eyes got lazy after that but they yeah. but they ran but they very much um to heat this storyline up said that jericho had done it which i thought was quite cool yeah i like that uh he is not a sexy boy anymore oh jesus no he, one eye uh, remembers being a sexy boy but the other one is um the other one's um slowly walking out of the whorehouse <laughs> <laughs> the Perry Sutton Lazy Eye Club <laughs> oh man yeah and he's, um, he's I'm glad that he um, when he cut his hair short I was like this is dreadful but then I actually if he has to have short hair he should definitely have it shaved like he does now as opposed to the weird just middle aged man cut that he originally had do you remember when he first yeah cut but his it's long so hair weird off? seeing Sean Bold I always just remember him top rope with the, the hair and flip, flipping it back and dropping an elbow it's just Makes me sad, Jesse. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I agree. The sexy boy is no more. I know. I, I think this match must have been mentioned when we did our second ever episode, top five uh, No Mercy matches. 
Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was this um, and the iconic Stephanie McMahon versus Vince McMahon, of course. Of course, <laughs> <You> can forget. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it it is a great match. Uh, I I don't know what it is that just doesn't grab me as much as it does everyone else. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe I just wasn't as invested in the story or, or what was, it was kind of going story, on. It was all story, man. Yeah, it was all story. I don't know. Just yeah. it was so. Um, it felt so real and so heated between the two of them. I'll watch it one more time. Do it for me. I'll do it for you. I'll watch do it, it one more for time. Your and, brother. Uh, on the next episode, I'll be like, oh Jesse, yeah. I watched it back. It was really good, actually. Like Lance Storm. I liked it. That was like Lance Storm match. It was real good. Uh, but yeah, as we said, there's... Uh... <laughs> that was a proper giving up on life sound. <laughs> I'm making them a lot lately. Uh... This is what my career has come to. <laughs> pie face noises. Doing pie face noises, just staring at a screen. You can't even I... see me. I'm, uh, I'm on a Wikipedia page for No Mercy in case I missed any bits and there's just uh, Triple H at his entrance holding his water bottle and he's got like the John Cena WE title on and good uh, god that bout looks ridiculous on him it was it looked ridiculous on everyone even John Cena it was it was a terrible terrible bout and it really annoys me that uh, CM Punk had this great long reign as WE champion but the whole thing was with that stupid ugly belt yep we never saw CM Punk with a cool looking WWE title no and, and he should have he should have been the one to kind of switch it over or when he came back come back with a newly designed one I don't know summon yeah wrap it in bandages and scrawl an X on the front or something exactly be that guy no one likes that guy <laughs> unless you're Daniel Bryan and you bring out the eco WWE title belt which is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life yeah I fucking love that belt so much I really want to yeah. wear it I <laughs> just yeah just just like round your waist to keep your trousers up to yeah. work and that yeah, just yeah. so comfy so comfy but uh, that is, uh, we've covered in total 10 Chris Jericho matches, and I feel like we've picked 10 damn good ones. If you're going to go back and watch those 10 matches, you, you wouldn't be disappointed. And there's so many more that we could kind of talk about. As we mentioned, there's WCW, his uh, early WF career, his stuff with The Rock um, yeah. is absolutely phenomenal. Triple H, when he was kind of like, well, The Rock helped him break out into the scene, and then his matches with Triple H, whether it was the one-on-ones last man standing Helena Sal all of the stuff with like Triple H Stephanie McMahon and Chris Jericho is just gold and yeah Chris Jericho and The Rock had amazing chemistry there's just so many good Chris Jericho matches he is without a doubt uh, one of the best in the world if not the best in the world yeah. it's not a moniker he really is that fucking good yeah, when you when you take into account the matches, you take into account the amount of times he's reinvented himself, his longevity in the business, how he's always felt relevant, always felt like he either is or should be at the top of the card. It's just, it's incredible. No one's done that. As we were saying, no one's done that since Ric Flair. Yeah, no one has ever reinvented themselves like Chris Jericho. Everyone is like, okay, I've got my character, it works, it's safe. I'm just going to stick with it and then I'll just be a veteran or, you know, chasing a title, whatever, you know. Because Sean should have given up the sexy boy gimmick back in 2002, <laughs> but he stuck with it right to he the end. He stuck with it. God bless him. I mean, he brought in a bit of the Jesus loving and I think that's uh, one character change, but the amount of character changes that Jericho has, as we saw at AEW, he was able to do a whole entrance based on his different characters that he's had. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and it was cool. Another thing that baffles me is that you've got this brand new, fresh face, young promotion, and he's the top drawer of it. Yeah, because he's that good at reinventing himself. Absolutely. Long live Chris Jericho. Long live the Lionheart. Oh, God, we love him. 
And I love you, Bax. Yeah, you too. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, I, I love you too, Jesse. And I've been—I've missed talking to you one on one. It's been a whole month. It's ridiculous. Hey, and I had a Glimjack gig coming up the last time we did a show, and I've got another Glimjack gig coming up this Saturday. So yeah. that's weird. Yeah, you—you you were self-deprecating on the last episode how you were going to be a failure and it wasn't going to work, and yeah, you nailed no, it. Obviously, I smashed it. I'm very talented. <laughs> Just replay the first episode when you're like, I can't do it, I'm inadequate, my penis is too small. I mean, that's what you said, I don't remember. Yeah, something like that. It works very well as a third stick. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm a little bit more. But now, because I've done a gig once with them and I didn't mess up and played the music well, that means that this time it's going to go absolutely terribly because I feel more confident. That's how yeah. life works, right? Too cocky. Too cocky, kid. Hey, guess what I'm doing tomorrow? You don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I don't. You you um, gave me your, your itinerary for the week because we're that couple, apparently. Yeah, um, but I can't remember. So I told you I was going to a gig in Bristol tomorrow, but did I tell you who I'm seeing? Nope. The Cat Empire. Ah, oh, you bitch. How cool is that? I'm seeing the Cat Empire. That's very cool. I know, I'm excited for that. Anyone who hasn't heard them, listen to them. Australian band, very good. Yeah, they are very good. I'd like to see them as well. Yeah, man. This is like, I think they're doing Glastonbury, but other than that, that's all they're doing in the UK uh, this year. So I thought I'd go. Mm. I'm very excited for us. Uh, we've got uh, Descendants, and then we've got Leston, Jake, and Goldfinger. We've got some good shit coming up this year. Yeah, man. We Yeah, it's good times. We sort of had a conversation a few months ago, didn't we? Sort of going, why don't we just go to these things when they happen? Because they do happen. And we never go because, like, we're still in the mindset that we don't have any money because we're teenagers but actually we're not we're quite old now and we've got lots of disposable income so <laughs> we're we quite well minted just, at this point yeah so we might as well just go and do it so that's what we're doing we're um, going to see all the stuff that we wish we went to when we were teenagers it's kind it's, of tragic yeah we're, we're those guys that we made fun of when we were 16 yeah exactly I'm going to have you on my shoulders swaying <laughs> 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 woo, <Swaying>. woo! <laughs> I love it. And I'm very excited to see you this weekend for Aaron's wedding. Yeah, on Sunday. Aaron, you're getting married and we love you. We love uh, you. Congratulations, my friend. And we'll see you on Sunday. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Me and Jessica can do horrendous things at that wedding. It, oh, it's all Jesus. very prim and proper from like the uh, the invitations and stuff. And yeah. I don't think she knows who she's inviting. No, I don't either. Hey, um, although Aaron's father-in-law to be is a massive folk fan and um, knows of my work, so I felt like a million bucks on the stag do. Ah, look at you getting all, all the props. I know. So I just, I just cornered him and showed him pictures of me with more famous folk people. <laughs> <laughs> look at me, I'm relevant. I'm relevant. Damn it. So yeah, good times. Sunday yeah. will be fun. I love you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Sorry we were gone so long. Blame him. It's not like you to be unprofessional and miss something like that. I know, right? Sorry. It's... It's all right. No, you're entitled to one. It's cool. <laughs> one. That's my one. <laughs> yeah, it's done now. I'll never do it again. I'll cut you if you do it again. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> right, you're done. Thank you very much for joining us. Make sure you go follow us on the socials, which is Got Till Fire, or if you need to find all the information about this podcast, there's a website you can go to, which is... GotTillFire.com Ah, uh, it feels good. It's yeah, like heroin on here. God, it's a good website as well. It is. It looks yeah. like it looks good. It's not your typical shit-looking podcast website. It's actually, uh, it actually is quite fancy. So go and have a look. Thanks, bud. We'll be back in two weeks' time, uh, unless I go on holiday and forget. Uh, <laughs> I'll be on a beach somewhere, and we'll be doing another top five on what? Who the fuck knows? But stay Who tuned. Knows? We won't the... even know until we start. Exactly. <laughs> so see you in two weeks' time. We love you. Goodbye. Good night. Forever. <laughs>